0: Nilly, i can't believe he got to work yeah just like in the last 30 seconds what's up matt
1: well i've never been this excited before you know why because i've never had a podcast with somebody that was in japan halfway across the world 14 hours ahead of me in terms of time difference amazing so here we are
0: how much younger are you are you a couple years below me
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I was in with John Minahan. I guess you, I, I watched tape of you playing in 95. I think that would have been your senior year. So you graduated in 96. I graduated in 2000. Okay. I think John Minahan told me that you were a senior at Una Vista whenever we were graduating out or playing our fall. Senior. Oh, yeah, 99. Oh, yeah. I'm in so, Okinawa, Japan right now. So I got a lot of questions for you, and some of them aren't going to be about football, and maybe none of them will be. But John Fick, legend of the all-state footballer from the uh, school district of Jefferson, Scranton, Peyton Sheridan. He is from the other side of the tracks, up there in Peyton Sheridan, Iowa. Uh, he has an alias on Facebook. So John Fick, how did you come up with the uh, alias John? Or it's actually Jan Church. Well, maybe you shouldn't answer that. I think it has something to do with your uh, duty. You're kind of in the military of sorts to talking some trash that he didn't think that little john Minahan deserved to be number two all-time kick returner on the power rankings and uh, he thought maybe a steve carey needed to be up there pretty easily actually more important than that probably to me is john like uh where in the hell have you been for the last 22 years and how in the hell did you end up in okinawa japan and what are you doing over there
0: well i first I, after i went to BV. I uh, went to Clinton, Iowa, and I was teaching and coaching there in Clinton. And I had a pretty good gig, but I always had this uh, thing in the back of my mind that I wanted to go overseas and do something just for a couple of years. And so I found this gig. I actually took a job in the United Arab Emirates in the American school in Dubai, but I never ended up going. And I got a job with the Department of Defense. Basically, I teach all of the military service members their children overseas no so i coach and, and i've been coaching I, I went to clinton for two years and then i've been in okinawa for 18 so i've been uh our school it's kubasaki high school it's about 400 500 kids very diverse student population just like the military that's what so i've about been doing four or
1: 500 kids come from how many military personnel in- Twenty thousand americans
0: that live in okinawa no yeah there's a big there's a big Air Force school that has about 600 kids and then our school is a little bit smaller. We play a lot of schools um, in mainland Japan. We travel to play different international schools. There's actually a school it's really cool. It's called uh, Nile Kinnick High School in Tokyo <laughs> yep, named after Niall Kinnick of Iowa Football lore. Yep, I love going there and I get I, all the time and wear it back. It says Kinnick High School. They're actually red and they're the Red Devils. These where schools did, have been here since did, right after the war.
1: Uh, where did Niall Kinnick pass away at? Was he in the Gulf of Mexico, possibly? Yeah, he was in a training accident
0: in the Caribbean. Uh, but he was a Navy guy, and that, that base is a Navy base.
1: So just for the listeners that don't know what we're talking about, Niall Kinnick played football in the 1940s at the University of Iowa. He won the Heisman Trophy, and then obviously he got shipped off or was training to go to a, a World War II uh you know, participate and uh, died in a training accident. His uh, plane crashed and he died died at sea. That's wild. Uh, I mean, I, I would have had no idea that uh, Japan might have a, a Nile Kinnick High School. I mean, news of the day, how far away from uh, where you live was the assassination of
0: Abe, the ex-prime minister. Actually, I was in Peyton, Iowa when that happened. I, we just got back. We were in there. I, no we, I actually... Yep, took my family to the top of the bell tower. First time I've ever been to the b- top of the bell tower, like two weeks mm. ago.
1: And, yeah, so it would have been two weeks ago. He was uh, gunned down by an assassin at a at a campaign event, a homemade, yeah. shot, homemade shotgun. So it's an awful story what happened to ex-Prime ex-pr- Minister Abe, but uh, it also is kind of, you know, they have no guns in, in Japan, and uh, they were still able to home make a shotgun, and, and that's what happened. It's terrible. So it's almost like gun control doesn't work. So that was a little bit deep, but let's get back to something a little more family-friendly. So your family, I don't know anything about you. How many kids do you have? Who did you marry?
0: Yeah, so I got over here, was just going to stay a couple years, and then met a lady and uh, got married, and now I have three kids. Yep.
1: Cool. Ten boys or girls?
0: Uh, boys, ten, girls, eight. Another boy's seven.
1: And when they become football stars over there in Japan, are you going to move back to the States and attend their University of Iowa football games? (laughs) I don't know. Getting
0: ahead of ourselves there.
1: How much do you like living in Japan? Or is it that much different than living in the States? Or what do you think? Oh yeah, it's totally different. I I could tell it right when I got back to the
0: airport. Just uh Everyone's nice over here, Aaron. Oh, Iowa nice. Iowa's
1: nice. Now, if you go outside of Iowa, they can be kind of shitty some places, but uh, Iowa's I don't, pretty much nice. I don't disagree. I have a million questions for you, but, like, here's here's my juvenile question. Since you've moved to Japan, have you seen any bonsai trees, or uh, have you scaled the side of a mountain to try to, to get a bonsai tree? I,
0: all the time. People are – People are breaking ice blocks with their arms and
1: and uh, karate chopping.
0: No, not, not a bad time. <laughs> The Karate Kid. You watch Karate Kid takes on a whole new meaning now. Karate Kid Two. When you see it, it's actually kind of funny. It's nothing like that. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to great raise children. It's a great place to work and uh, and be. It's very safe and fortunate that I can still be
1: here. Sure. I don't know if we got cut off. The former Prime Minister Abe how far would that have been away from long
0: ways away that's mainland japan like we're on an island way down below japan so it would be like if that happened in washington dc we're like in tampa florida that's
1: Ah, how far away is the island that you live on is that u.s military controlled or is that a japan no 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 no
0: no. there's a lot of military here but the island is like three three miles wide and 55 miles long it's Approximately you know,
1: how many people in that three miles and fifty-five uh, million two. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, but them.
0: there's yeah, there, there's a lot of city, but there's a lot of country too that's here, and then of course a couple, couple uh, military bases. There's 12 schools here when you include all the elementaries and middle schools.
1: Wow. So you've been in Okinawa for 18 years. Just tell me when was the last time that you're back home?
0: You hadn't been home in four years. I hadn't been to the United States since 2018. We got our kids vaccinated because just to get vaccinated and get through the airport, it just made things a whole lot easier coming back. It was still was a pain in the ass, but
1: real world stuff. Uh, moving on to something more exciting and sports worthy. I mean, let's compare yeah,
0: your, your punt returners, your kick returners is very skewed. You had, you had three <laughs> dudes on you had three guys on there that were all from your, three year, year area. And no, I know John Minahan very, very well, but he's not Mark Pop and he's certainly not <laughs> Steve Carey. I
1: I'm not I, I can't say I'm gonna back down. And, and Brent
0: McClagan is in a different he's in a different universe when it comes to things like that.
1: John, I respect you a lot, but I think you have a familiarity bias here. And you know, so none I mean, of those guys I can I can appreciate your football skill just your perspective, but just as a student of the game. Now, it's hard to compare eras and whatnot, but, I mean, as I sit back and look at my football career, and it's nothing compared to yours, of course, but Coach Kibby and Mr. Powers, they needed to find ways to get the ball to John Minahan because at the most important, if we're talking about school here. Making an analogy, whenever it was a semester test time and it mattered the most, Every time John Minahan touched the ball, he was a threat to score. And this wasn't in uh middle of the season. This was in the playoffs, John. You may or may not have watched those games. They're up on the internet now if you wanted to watch them. But my point would be, I think he was an underutilized player. He really only like got to shine in the last four or five games of his senior year. Of course, there's going to be debate and discussion about who's better and what time periods were better and you might be more gravitated towards players of your era and I might be more gravitated towards players of my era there's no doubt that old Steve Carey he had a couple punt returns as a sophomore that made you think wow I couldn't have done that as a sophomore I couldn't have done that as a senior my humble appraisal I I doubt that my football IQ is as, as good as yours I do think that John Minahan could have played at any any era Come on,
0: man. I, nothing against you guys and nothing against what you did and, and winning those games <laughs> and going there. But come on, you had Nate. I know Nate Hopper. You had Nate Hopper on your top five list.
1: <laughs> come on.
0: <laughs> Mark Pop was like five nine and could high jump six five, but he might have got like <laughs> second or third in, in state state wrestling.
1: And Nate Hopper, if you're listening, don't disrespect for what I'm about to say. Not but, at all. Not I mean, at all, but this is this is time... just This is fun. This is fun. I mean, this is actually fun for me. But, I mean, whenever you say I got my top five list all messed up, I'm giggling when I say this. But, like, okay, you throw Nate Hopper out of there. I'm just saying.
0: Who's your other name on there?
1: <laughs> Gabe Carver. Okay, Gabe Carver. Yeah, he's, he was a good player. Yeah.
0: But we're, we're talking punt returners. Come on kick returns
1: <laughs> no doubt that Brent McClain. I didn't follow that one up yeah, I got him first but uh after that it's kind of and, a smorgasbord and,
0: and and Steve Carey and Mark Pop are not my era they're way older than 6 wow. years old I mean
1: they'd be similar to me looking at you and knowing that you're a good player but not really knowing exactly about you Hell, I didn't even remember my I mean I'm being honest John I didn't even remember my senior year season Precisely until we revisited this deal on Friday Night Lights podcast because I'm just an old sucker and I drank too many beers in the last 23 years and I just didn't remember every little detail. But you're
0: drinking those ultras while you're uh, doing the podcast?
1: Bouche latte. That's the brand of choice here in Iowa. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I went back there and I had a lot of people. A lot of people were drinking ultras and I had I had three quarters of one. You know what? You know when you're you know when you're tubing down the down, tubing down the creek. Or you're out in the lake, and someone throws you a beer, and you open it up, and it might it might just go underwater just a little bit, but you just say screw it, and you just keep drinking it.
1: That's, that's Mick Ultra.
0: That's if you want to know what Mick Ultra tastes like. That's there you go.
1: <laughs> I think I had a similar experience at the uh, German bar downtown in Des Moines about ten years ago. I asked them if they had anything that tasted like Bud Light, and he said yes, tap water. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm putting you on the spot now, mister. So we've agreed that I know nothing about my top five outside of Minahan deserves to be in that top cup. Gabe Carver was good. Steve Carey was good. Mark Pop was good. Rating the top five quarterbacks of all time at JSPC. I'm going number one, John Fick. He was just a playmaker. You give me your top five real quick. Or do you even remember five of
0: them? Uh, Brian Happy was a really good quarterback. He could sling the ball. Um, yeah,
1: pro style. Not a playmaker, but a. Couldn't run, uh,
0: could run worth of shit, but he could, he'd really sling the ball. The kid above him, another Carver. Is there an older Carber?
1: Nate Carver, but he yeah. was number 84. Kind of a weird number for a quarterback. He must have started yeah, off. Yeah, he was season. pretty
0: decent. He, he almost died. He got smoked in the <laughs> playoff game against Emicksburg on a kickoff. <laughs> Ask the coaches. He got. Nearly I, I, I died. was. I was—he nearly died. It's the (laughs) hardest hit I've ever seen someone do. That I think that was in a playoff game. I have a great story about Adam Jones a little bit later, about the beginning of Adam Jones lore.
1: Hey, I just briefly glanced through their highlights that Mitch Murphy had sent me. In my humble appraisal, Adam Jones played better as a junior than he did as a senior. I think he was better quarter uh, wide receiver than he was quarterback, in my opinion.
0: And he could have been. I was busy myself at the time so I didn't see a lot of games after
1: I was done. Um, and that's maybe why you don't remember John Minahan being such a freaking I know monster. I know John Minahan. <laughs> come on. I there's no way John Minahan
0: ran faster than four nine. I'll tell you that right now. Four nine oh easily
1: four he was four five no chance I was four nine I was five oh in high school I thought that no fast. chance no <laughs> chance okay comparing generations do you think Mr. Kibby's what do you think about his coaching style just in general? He was a player's coach, don't you think?
0: Unbelievable. I couldn't have had a better high school coach, and then not just him, the whole staff, everybody that was That's there, clear. Turpin, Powers, Sawhill, right? All them guys that were there uh, was uh, a consistent staff that was there. I mean, there would be guys that come in and out, but those were, the, those were the staples. And just a great experience, um, you know, coming from Peyton Stan and then joining up with uh as JSPC it was a great experience for for me and and us that all went under coach kibby's purview at that time
1: i agree with you 100% he was a players coach maybe being ultra critical maybe he could have ran us more we, we weren't always the most uh light of foot at the end of the game we we're a little you bit know yeah
0: and that's funny we used to say that too like we never condition we never conditioned, but um, yeah, but then you get in there, and you're conditioning, and it sucks, and you're like, oh, shit, I don't want to condition, you know, so he didn't do that, but that's not that, you know, that's not to say that held us back in any way.
1: Sure. As we revisited some of these games, I always told Scott and John that uh, I can't complain about a single thing that any of those coaches ever did to me. They were nothing but awesome towards me, and, and uh, I I would just like to bang that drum for Johnny Minahan. He should have got the darn ball some more. He was a stud. So uh, Adam Jones, did you have a story about him? Yeah, great story. And I've talked with Adam Jones about this. He played basketball up there at BB with you or, you know, at the same school. Yeah.
0: Um, I was done playing basketball by the time he came along, but so he's a sophomore in the first game ever, my senior year. And and we lost all the talent from that. You know, a lot of the talent that we had was from the year above us. Mm-hmm. And, he came in as a sophomore and we're playing Perry. And it was like, oh, shit. They're driving on us. We're ahead, but they're driving on us. They're driving on us. I'm thinking, Jesus, first game of the year, we're going to lose to Perry? This is the game we have to win. <laughs> and they're driving, they're driving, and then um, call a timeout. He would come in. I would play all over. I would play linebacker, I would play safety, and then in, in the Rover what defense. Of linemen? Where, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I've heard a heard um, rumor about that anyway. Yeah it was like, like third down, down they're, they're going to pass, pass. And it's like, like third, third and six down. or something. And, and, as and you're looking at the film, the ball was on the, 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 the far hash. And I was supposed to be on that hash, but it was the short side of the field. And I said, Jones, switch me, switch me. Because I wanted the wide side of the field. I was like, if, if we're mm-hmm. going to lose this game, this ball is going to come through me. Right? <laughs> and so I went to the wide side of the field. And it was one of the first plays he ever got in as a sophomore, varsity football. And he caught the ball, uh, intercepted the ball in stride, going the other way, and no one touched him. And he ran a 90-yard touchdown uh, interception, pick six. <laughs> ran it. it back ran it back <laughs> to seal the game. We were leading at that time, but that sealed the game. And he was like, I'm supposed to be over here. But he never said anything, right? Because I'm a senior and he's a sophomore. He went over there, <laughs> intercepted the ball, went 90 yards. So It was kind of a, a great cap off, start to the Adam Jones lore of Jefferson, yeah. Scranton, Peyton Shanann on the great basketball career that he had. But
1: I would say, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if he was tougher than nails, but just in terms of pure athleticism, that was one of, yeah. the, oh, yeah. one of the top five or 10 all-time athletes at JSPC for oh, sure.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm interviewing United States Senator Chuck Grassley on Tuesday. What? It, you got any questions you want to answer?
0: No, none, 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 political. I can, I can talk my sophomore year. I can talk my Let's, junior year.
1: Can we agree that Scott Erickson was one of the best of all time if he hadn't injured his knee? Or do you not care for Scott Erickson?
0: <laughs> I love Scott Erickson. He's a great kid. Of course, he's a Peyton kid too. He's yeah. a stud. And we had and and I, one of my one of my things that I was gonna say, we had a Scott Erickson type kid that got hurt, very similar during my junior year and what I was going to say is no disrespect to you guys and your accomplishments but I think as far as talent goes my junior year we were if not the talented we were up there with the talent that we had oh here we go he's going to start bragging about himself again we just got and nobody talks about this we got crossed with injuries
1: John Fick that's part of football hello
0: and one of them was Hmm. uh, Curtis Levine
1: Hey, I want to hear more, but I ain't never heard of no Curtis Levine.
0: And no, one really, no one really talks about this. Curtis Levine was a, was, was a Scott Erickson type middle linebacker player, was a stud, and he could run just huge, thick thighs. And-
1: um, okay. Turn around, stick it out, even white boys got the shout, baby got back. When he jacked up, I think he jacked up
0: his neck or his back, like in the, fifth or sixth, sixth game, and we lost him.
1: So he had a good player, and he got injured. Um, John Fick, that's football.
0: Uh, Courtney Miller was a great center that we had. He actually broke his hand, and the last three or four games, he actually he was left-handed. He actually snapped with his right hand. He played with a cast, a huge club. That's and he farm top right his, there, baby. This <laughs> super farm
1: top. I just interviewed, uh, Kurt Blatt. uh, his son, Todd and Todd, uh, said that he had a kid show up with a black and blue swollen up ankle twice as big as it should have been. And he said, Hey coach, could you throw a little tape on this? I'm feeling a little bit sore. <laughs> Took his right. shoe off and said, uh, you're not going to be able to play this game with an ankle that looks like that. That's what we call right. farm tough.
0: I have a great story about going to Harlan too, the first time, but to get back, to get back, uh, and then in, in those highlights that you showed, you showed I threw a pass and Jeff Miller caught it against Carroll. It was a great, great play, but he stumbled at the end and he blew his guy away. Nobody was around him, but he just one of those stumble where you he caught the ball and he crushed the goalpost and he jacked up his hip flexor in that play against Carroll. So we lost him. Uh, for a little bit but he 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 came back but he wasn't 100% and then the big one was Brent McClagan and his broken ribs at the end when we got into the last game and then when we were in the playoff game we had to play without McClagan
1: Okay, now you're breaking news Brent McClagan, two-time All-Stater, track star just one of the, be- the best player in JSBC history he had broken ribs now this is something that I'd like to hear more about but as they say, that's still just football, John. In the, hmm.
0: the playoff game that we had, that we should have won, that we had won, but we didn't pull it out at the end. So we, the big one that nobody talks about is Curtis Levine. That was a
1: huge loss for us. John Fick, you're burying the lead. Let's, let's lean on this Brent McClagan getting injured deal. Just like currently, no, disrespect, no disrespect to Mr. Levine. But I did not know the uh, story about McClagan having broken ribs. I mean, that guy was electric. Every time he touched the ball, he was a threat to score, and and the the coaches called him Showtime. I didn't know that until uh, we'd done. Well, this.
0: I bet you, so, I uh, bet you didn't know this either. There's no one on your list that was getting letters from the SEC.
1: Was that McClagan? Yeah. That's the, awesome. the, the guy was,
0: and I think because his track coach had him running the mile he started running the mile when he was i think a junior or senior that's not necessarily considered a being a a sprinter but the dude could have won any event. He could have won the 100 he could have won the 200 the
1: 400 i saw him get letters from
0: i think that day i saw him get a letter from georgia and a letter from south carolina
1: here's one interaction that i gotta have with you i want you to come at me with some steam when i say this all right. All right. Here we go. We can both make excuses about players lost and how we could have won games, how we were on the three yard line with the state semifinals, uh, John. But the one thing that I can say is, is Mr. Kibby. at the end of the year, he said, I don't know if this is the best team I've ever had, but this is the one that gave me the most memories. As far as winning two playoff games and going to the state semifinals, so what do you got to say about that, John Vick? I think we were the best team.
0: Ah, no doubt, absolutely.
1: <laughs> no, I want you to come at me with some
0: piss and vinegar. <laughs> no, you, you, you can't say anything. We didn't win a playoff game. We yep. were there, we didn't win a playoff game. And, but uh, I mean, you guys won two. You had a third in your grasp. There's no yep. no disrespect there. Absolutely, I'm saying talent-wise. I you know that happen. that year that year before us, the year with Brent McLeggan, we knew we were going to be good because they were good, and then if yeah. you add us in, they they didn't lose. I'm talking, you know, the Kyle Kinney, Brent McLeggan. That that those guys didn't lose in seventh grade. They didn't lose in eighth grade. They didn't lose in ninth grade. They didn't lose in, as sophomores. And you have to. This is this is significant. As sophomores, they didn't lose. But they didn't have McClagan or Jeff Miller because they played varsity. They lost six games in their entire career. I think three their junior year and three their senior year. So when you put that together, um, when we joined up with them when we were juniors, yeah we had our chances but it's water under the bridge and and so
1: this is said just trying to be a comedian here but close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades
0: Kudos to I you would guys. say so I would
1: say uh oh there's no doubt that the the talent level on your 94 team is just off the charts uh, like I don't think there's any way that any of the gym teams could have had as good of a defense as ours we're just there was no weak links, and I'm just I'm just trying to give it an honest evaluation. On the offensive side of the ball, uh, you know you're in trouble when little old Matt Lautner's 5.0 40-yard dashes. Uh, I think I had 12 touchdowns that year, and we just we couldn't score the ball. So I'm just saying, you, you put you and McLagan and Jeff Miller up against our top three offensive players, it's really not even a comparison. But we did come together as a team and played some awesome defense, and that always kept us in games. And We started to learn how to win midseason and uh, carried us through the rest of the year. But uh, it's been an awesome conversation, just throwing it back 25, 30 years. And uh, I hope that your family is doing magnificently. Does your, do your kids like sports, or what do what they like to play? Unfortunately, John's response to that question got cut off. Must not be a very good cell phone reception Okinawa, Japan. But we'll try to get John on again someday. Appreciate him coming on for a few minutes. And if you all enjoyed the uh, JSPC exclusive podcast, reach out to us and we'll try to do another one. Thanks, guys.